I think this is a legit product then. Call them up and be like, hey, I need a filter for my fan. Oh, and I need a better camera lens. This one's a little foggy. <laughs> Can you guys send me a replacement? <laughs> Just to see what they say. What customer yeah. service responds back with. Like, uh, what? Could you start over at the top, please, sir? You have a camera? What? Yeah, I'd like the spec sheet on the camera that you put in your fans. Like, just act like it's like a legit thing, like totally above board. <laughs> I might actually do that. See what kind of fun Who responses knows? you get. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect it to be like now with fan and now with camera included. But uh, yeah, it looked like you'll get a response back saying, "Oh, oh, you got the camera model, sir. Oh, hold on, yeah, let me get that information for you right away." So JG, I have kind of an interesting situation. Maybe maybe that's the way to put it. Situation. A situation, you say? I do. It's not quite technical and it's it's nothing to do with Linux, but I think it'd be interesting. Our listeners will find this interesting too. Okay, so what, I, what category does this kind of fall into? Spy stuff. Okay. Spy stuff. Just 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 hear me out. Okay. So one of the things I do in my spare time, I have an electronics workbench. I'm we're in the same room that we're recording. Right. I like to take things apart and see how they work and pretend like I can put them back together, but usually I take them apart a little bit enthusiastically and so they don't quite go back together the way they normally do. So I also have a, a predilection for repairing things or giving them a new life. I like to go find something from Goodwill that I can use. So I had mm -hmm. gone to Goodwill looking for something I could use to capture solar smoke, which is bad to inhale. And I found this filter, fan filter thing. Okay. It was like $5. So. I thought I can maybe convert this, even if it's kind of noisy, it'll, it'll hopefully have enough thrust and it's got a little filter in the back and it will filter out the smoke and I won't have to pay like $90 for one of those hacking solder filters or whatever. They're very expensive. So I brought this thing home. I plugged it in. Boy, was it noisy. And it really didn't do anything. I like, I had to move it. So it's literally over the solder smoke mm -hmm. to really have an impact. So okay. I was like, that's really irritating. I guess it was only $5. I haven't lost anything. So I put it on the shelf and I let it go. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm kind of going through all the old stuff that I've collected here and kind of figuring out what I want to keep. And I looked at that thing. I was well, that didn't work for me. I'm just going to take it apart. I cracked it open yesterday, and something interesting was inside there. It wasn't just the fan. Something interesting. Yeah. Uh, there was a hidden okay. spy cam in it, too. Uh, wow. Yes. And at first, I didn't know what I was looking at. Um, but someone has taken this consumer product, they had hauled out a little space in the front where there would, I think, be LEDs. They had taken the LED out and they had put a pinhole camera in its place. And it's got a little transmitter in here and it's got its little uh, a transformer and then a quickie rectifier bridge to get power over to the transmitter. It's pretty incredible. It's tiny. I, what really attracted my attention to it at first was like, this is heavier than I think it should be, the, the whole unit. So I cracked it open. I said, oh, they got a big heavy transformer there. Wait a second. What's connected to it? This just transformer did not go with the fan originally. I don't, yeah, it just, I, it's got no markings on it, but I can pretty, pretty much gather what it's doing. It's rating the voltage down to probably five or 12 volts or something. And then the rectifier bridge, and then it goes into the power goes into the transmitter. And then the camera part It's just tiny little pinhole camera. It looks like it's vintage, like, 2000, so, 2001. So, so, uh, Jeff, hold up. I gotta, I gotta, okay. I gotta okay. ask a few questions here. Um, okay. So what exactly have you been up to recently? Well, nothing 
in particular, I guess. And that's it's, the correct uh, answer to say on a podcast that we're going to be putting out to the world. Yes. 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 This is innocuous. I don't think this is intended for me. This is, well, I'm boring. I don't do anything. I don't even post on social media at all. I don't press to, protest. I don't do anything. Maybe, so, maybe that's the problem. You're, you're too much I'm, of an I'm unknown. Too boring. The system I, doesn't I, know much about you. It's trying to collect more data. I see. Well, that's possible, but highly unlikely. I've had this, I got this thing two years ago, and when it didn't work, I unplugged it and kind of set it to the side, thinking, oh, I'll get back to that. Maybe I can fix it, or mm -hmm. maybe the fan just needs you know, cleaning or something. So it's been unpowered, and uh, lest you think it's all battery powered, it was, this, this is the way this is working. It only gets power if it's plugged in. So the camera has been inactive. It was really only active for like the day or two that I had it plugged in. So, But do you, know, do you someone, know for certain that this was in there before you bought it? Like, I'm just no, asking the obvious question, you know? Yeah, 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 that's valid. That, no, I cannot guarantee that, but I can't imagine... Let's say this. If someone came in after I bought it and then modified this fan to put this in place, they would not have left it pointing, the camera pointing at the wall and unplugged. They would have turned it around and put it so the camera could see my room and uh, plugged it in, because no, it doesn't I work. I would, I would argue that actually not doing that and then, like, so there's 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 a tradecraft argument that leaving it unhooked is better because then someone would not suspect that anything has happened. So they just grab hmm. it one day and then set it up, plug it in, and then poop! Now your camera's okay. online. Uh, Maybe I mean, I don't I don't know too. if if that's the case with you because yeah, you're kind of boring. I mean, I don't know why someone would want to <laughs> really. Fire I you. don't do anything, um, <laughs> but. I mean, it's oh, always it a very interesting life, everybody. No, no. Well, I but, mean, uh, you could be, you know, super secret spy who just has the I have a boring life story. I mean, well, then I wouldn't mention possible. that on a podcast. Well, no, I? because this is the perfect cover for you to deny. Oh, gosh. Okay. No, we're not. Go we're not going down this road. Why no, not? I'm this not is doing a this fun road to go down. It's fun for you. It's a little tedious for me. I want to poke into this thing. I want to explore a little bit with the listeners. I've never seen one of these up close. It looks like something out of a movie. It feels like something out of a movie. I was, just, I was kind of floored by this. So it is a Nutex brand transmitter, model CV991. It has an FCC ID on here and everything. Apparently this is one half of a set of things. The receiver is nowhere to be found, obviously. My current theory... So it has an FCC ID. It does have an FCC ID. It's definitely... It wouldn't have one of these if it wasn't broadcasting. Well, so it is, well, or broadcast capable. Well, it, it could be broadcast capable and not have an FCC ID okay. if it was it's, actual like nation state action. They, right. They're not going to stamp FCC IDs. They wouldn't on the do side. that. This looks like something you would order out of the back of a spy magazine for the guys that soldier of fortune kind of thing, and you need to have, you know, pinhole camera kit or something. I mean, this this isn't cheap. I'm looking at it. the quality is pretty good. The way it was put into the device was a little bit ruddy, but it's a uh, Honestly, I think the, uh, the transformer bit is either a small kit or something custom fabbed, like someone does these. Well, I mean, obviously, it's... it was installed perfectly fine because you didn't notice mm -hmm. it until you took. The I thing had apart. no idea. So no. the uh, installation the only, the only thing that was... surpassed the uh, the expectations. Like it did what. Yeah, it was so I took to some do. pictures. Uh, maybe we can put the pictures in on the episode in the show notes so people can see just how this thing was done. Uh, but they had hollowed out a section in the front where there would have been an LED. I think they actually drilled through it, kind of affixed the camera in the right place, and then they came back with Bondo, and they put it back in there and made it look like it was nothing wrong. In the light, with nothing behind it, you can definitely see that it's a different material than the plastic that's around it. 
but you can't tell in poor light or because it's the kind of thing you would put on your shelf and just leave, you know, don't pay attention to it. And that's probably why it's a good target for a camera. Is it's you put it on your shelf and you just leave it alone. Now, I think there would be some concerns over jostling your, your camera feed, maybe constantly wiggling just a little bit by the fans. So you well, better have a good fan. I mean, depending on how the camera, what quality the camera is. Uh, right. And we don't know at this point. Right. I think it fan, goes with the kit, but it could be something else. The fan else. would oscillate, obviously, but hypothetically speaking, you could easily in post fix the video because that's just going to be a Fourier mm -hmm. transform on the video footage to smooth mm -hmm. it out because it's going to yeah, be consistent yeah. based on what speed it's on. It's either going to be mm -hmm. low or high. So you've got two to go with. Mm -hmm. So I think um, what I intend to do in the future, I want to plug it in, put it in a benign direction and see that the transmitter, see what it's doing. I get a software defined radio near it and kind of detect Okay, what frequencies is it trying to broadcast on? Well, can, if, you, if I had to guess, it's going to be broadcasting analog TV signals. Would you be able to pull up a data sheet on it to um, actually see possibly. what the frequencies are? I could not find a lot of information about this. It's I don't want to say it's clandestine, but it's old enough now that I think it's been mostly lost to the sands of time. I found an eBay sale on one like that, and I didn't really see much in the way of uh, data. Let's try this. Nutex CV991. So what we get? rover.ebay.com, not what we're looking for. Nutex Health, that is definitely not what we're looking for. Uh, Nutex Industries, nope. Um, could be, it's none of these. There's an awful lot of quilting and fabric stuff. Equipment supply online. Maybe that's it. I mean, Nutex camera or something. Maybe it's just a transmitter and the camera comes um, separately. So about the only hit I'm getting is this uh, eBay. Well, I mean, Sale. it doesn't matter about the camera. The transmitter would... You, yeah, you want the, the data transmitter, sheet on the I really want to know. Yeah, yeah, because I can use it for something else. But, uh, let's see, transmit. I would be able to get some information from the SEC ID, for sure. But I don't... I would want to sit and study that before I really answer that. All right, so this, this eBay page, first of all, if I click the link, it goes to an error. So the cache from DuckDuckGo says, Mini Video Sender Wireless... Audio video transceiver. Long range 2.4 gigahertz. Shipped with USPS priority mail. That doesn't matter. Long range mini video sender. Long range. Oh, it does audio and video, apparently. For wireless surveillance and security. Okay. That's the only hit I'm getting in the top, in the first page. Mm, I would expect to see more, honestly. New Text Communications Corporation. Based out of Taiwan. That may be it. That's, that's possibly something. Anyway. I don't want to get distracted while people listen to us Google for things. That's not uh, right. It's not what I'm here for. I just I'm just fascinated by how this would come to be. It is that is a good device for it to go into for whatever purpose it was originally suited for. My theory. I did buy this from Goodwill. I I don't know if I mentioned that early on. My theory is that someone was wanted to keep tabs on someone else, the wife or or someone was spying on a suspect or something. But it was this seems like the kind of thing that would be long term. But for whatever reason, the fan was sold or gotten rid of. Yeah, see, that's the thing I don't understand is why it would have ended up in Goodwill. Because if this was this was something that like a private investigator bought or or had made, I mean, that's an expensive piece of kit. They would want this you would, back. You would want it back and mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, because A, you'd want to be able to reuse it potentially again um, mm -hmm. for, for something. Or you would want to harvest the parts out to reuse 
Mm -hmm. Or you could sell the unit uh, on the secondary market to mm -hmm. somebody who wants to play spy. Right. There's a lot, a lot of potentials, but you all of them involve recapturing of the device. Right. So it's weird that it ended up in goodwill. I don't know how that came to be, but uh, we could speculate wildly. You know, I'm sure maybe a listener has a better idea than us. But wild speculation: someone was cheating on their spouse, and this was a way to catch them, maybe or something. Because it seems like the kind of thing you would want to put in your bedroom to make sure that the air in the bedroom would be clear. It was an air filter, right? It had a fan, and it was dragging the air through a filter. It wasn't very big, so it would not have worked for a large space. But maybe if you, maybe if you had a smoking corner of your bedroom or something, and you didn't want the smoke to get all over the room, so you kind of breathed in the direction of this thing, and the fan was enough to pull the smoke through it and filter it, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, this is a kind of small thing, though. Like, And you yeah, even it said is. it was loud, so why would you want something loud like that in your bedroom? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't originally loud. So, oh, looking at the rest of it, the fan, I've, I've taken apart all kinds of things. Microwaves, in particular. I like taking apart old microwaves because they have very large transformers in them, and you can do a lot of things with those transformers. So, if you have a microwave, and you don't know what to do with it, steal the transformer out of it. And if it's not got a transformer in it, it's probably got a switching power, switching mode power supply you can do something with too. Fan fun fact, anyway. The microwaves I've taken apart, almost all of them have this weird sort of fan. It's It's got a fan combined with a transformer on it, and I don't know why they do it that way, other than I think it's, you can do a fan running at low speed that's on mains voltage. And they had one of these in the device that was ostensibly the real fan that it was doing. But it wasn't really big enough for the housing. So then that raises the question of, was this intended to be a vehicle for the spy cam all along, like it's not a legit product? Right. Hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's just there's a lot of interesting things to come out of this. Yeah, I'll throw the, uh, we'll throw the pictures in the uh, yeah, show I'll, notes so people can I wonder can if anyone else it. would sleuth on this and find something about it. Just out of curiosity, have you looked up the name of the, like the, brand to see if that's even like a real brand for the fan i did but it looked like it was a company that went out of business like in 2003 or something pollinex i believe it was maybe they're still out i see reference pollinex high intensity power massage maybe they're still in business hmm. uh, pollinex air cleaner replacement filters okay i think this is a legit product then Call them up and be like, hey, I need a filter for my fan. Oh, and I need a better camera lens. This one's a little foggy. Can you guys send me a replacement? Just to see what they say. What customer yeah. service responds back with. Like, uh, what? Could you start over at the top, please, sir? You have a camera? What? Yeah, I'd like the spec sheet on the camera that you put in your fans. Like, just act like it's like a legit thing, like totally above board. <laughs> I might actually do that. See what kind of fun responses you get. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect it to be like now with fan and now with camera included. But uh, yeah, yeah, it looked like you'll get a response back yeah. saying, "Oh, oh, you got the camera model, sir. Oh, hold on, yeah, let me get that information for you right away." <laughs> <laughs> so, but the uh, the mounting job certainly looked kind of hacked in, and it's got a lot of uh, hot glue. So it was. An, I'm pretty sure this is an after the fact modification. But the work is actually pretty clean. I don't know. I've seen little... some really shabby work before from. Okay. Um, retail products that okay. it's it's something that you're not going to see because it's internal so okay. well i haven't cracked the case on the transmitter yet but i probably will tomorrow to okay. see what's in there you should uh I'm you really, should record really that curious. just for posterity's sake okay i might do that i'll stick a camera over top while i'm doing it yeah, yeah that's a good idea let's see what we can share that tidbit later with listeners and they could follow up with the, the saga of the hidden camera i have no idea where this is going or what it could do with it 
from the vintage, it looks like it's from 2000 or 2001. So it's going to be standard def probably. But the article, not the article, the eBay article, I guess is the right way to put it, did say it did both audio and video. So I don't know where the microphone is. I don't see one on the camera. I don't know. That's just it. I thought this is the kind of thing that happens in sitcoms and spy movies. Mm-hmm. And here I find it in a device that I own. That's just really weird. Now, I didn't immediately go, oh, God, is someone watching me? I know that's that's funny to think about. But I, my mind did start thinking, like, have I done anything that would offend somebody? <laughs> like, I couldn't help it. I was like, what did I? what would I have done that would have made someone want to put a camera in my electronics lab room where my computer is? Did I spend I, I, I not enough know, time in? I mean, you've seen you've seen the movie Antitrust. That's yeah, and we alluded so, to that in a previous episode. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so, what what uh, what software are you working on right now? I don't tend to code in this room. Actually, I code on the laptop in another room. So that would be if the, if the gambit was to watch me code and try and figure out what I'm doing, they really did a poor job. So yeah, it. if there was any legitimate, if I'm the legitimate target, they did a really really bad job because they got. They lost their equipment. It was facing a wall. They got nothing. Now, if it's transmitting audio and I still left it plugged in, then they'd be getting audio. But nothing interesting happens in here. So You'd hear me clicking keys. This was this was in the room you're in right now? In the room I'm in right now. That's right. So it could have been someone trying to record you while we were doing our podcast. Oh, that could be. You think? You don't think. Do you? Like a competitor? Or I, I mean, like a, I, mean a, I don't a know, fan man. that's gone across, the, across that line? I, I don't know. But... Uh... I'm not, I don't know. I don't know what to say, man. I'll, although, what I would say is that there's definitely some shenanigans going on. There, yes, there's shenaniganery. And, as a, and yes. yeah, actually, Jeff, now that you bring that word up again, um, we did get some uh, re- a response on uh, shenaniganery. Oh, thank God. Um, Ulfnick, what, what was the response? Ulfnick chimed back in and he said, shenaniganery is an array of two or more shenanigans, which evaluates <laughs> greater than the sum of its values. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So, that's, that, I didn't know that's what that meant. You've but, heard it uh, here on the internet, therefore it must be true. Straight from the horse's mouth. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, thank you for validation that uh, shenaniganery is a real world, real word. Perhaps we're using it differently, but it now exists, so I don't feel bad using it. So, yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot more I can tell about the camera. Do we have other feedbacks we could Actually, talk to? yeah. Ulfnick went on uh, to talk oh. about our favorite thing, which is JavaScript. Um, oh, oh. Wait, wait, our favorite... Thing? Well, he went on to talk bad about JavaScript, which is oh, that is my thing. favorite thing. Yes. Yeah, well, bring it on, bring it on. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, let's just let's just you know hard left turn with the episode. We're uh, we're going off in a new direction. Perfect. So he wrote and talked about ECMAScript. ECMA script is the upstream programming language that JavaScript is based on. Okay. And apparently, the language that JavaScript improves upon. Well, I would question improves it upon improves. because so, if JavaScript quotes. is an air improvement. Quotes. I really don't want to know how bad this ECMAScript is. <laughs> yeah. However, he goes on to say, you're not a JavaScript developer until you've written your own framework. And, you're not a, <laughs> and I agree. And yes. you're not a JS maintainer until you've written your own implementation of ECMAScript. <laughs> so he okay. goes, I would ask anyone considering a major time investment in JS the following. What is 0.1 plus 0.2? Now, I mean, I'm not a JavaScript guy, so I would say the answer to that is 0.3. I don't think I need JavaScript to compute that. So I'm pretty sure I could do that in my head. He comes in and says that, well, it's not 0.3. It is what? 0.3 what? 
zero 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 four. So oh. apparently, getting JavaScript to evaluate basic decimal math, a decimal, decimal, yeah. You want to try decimal, again? Decimal. <laughs> it, to evaluate basic decimal math is a stack overflow <laughs> greasy rabbit hole of hacky solutions guaranteed to work for at least a week. Oh no. So wait, they're just casting everything to a float? I don't know. He says JavaScript needs a third-party 24 kilobit library to accomplish basic decimal math. Gosh. Alternatively, you can use the new, and not well-supported, big int to pretend you're doing decimal math by string hacking decimal pointers into your super long <laughs> integers. <laughs> Thank you for getting oh, the word wow. out. I'm on a message of translation, so all advice is welcome. And he gives us steps to reproduce, which I absolutely love. And and links, so that will be thank you. That will be in the show notes. I appreciate any any and all negative feedback on JavaScript. Bring it on! I love yeah. it. I love it. Um, and there's more about JavaScript. As a matter of fact. Oh, good, good. good. Uh, Alex, my buddy Alex chimes in, um, and he said that he agrees with our point about Electron apps being bloated. He says, however, but if we didn't have Electron, do you think we would have as much support as we do for modern applications? specifically Slack, Discord, VS Code, etc. Uh, perhaps not. Uh, I don't know if that would be a bad thing. I'll just uh, I'll just leave that little nugget right there. I think they would find another way, honestly. Um, I mean, Slack can go away. I would like it to die <laughs> in a fire. Um, <laughs> Discord, well. I think, is an abysmal cesspool, so no loss there. Uh, VS Code, I don't use. Uh, I know you do use it, Jeff, but I'm, I'm sure mm -hmm. that there could be another way that they could write VS Code, if they really want to. I didn't to. know there was an Electron app, honestly. Maybe maybe it's an Electron app on non-supported distributions or operating systems? I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, a Microsoft product, so it could be that they don't have a specific Linux-compiled product and just, oh, we'll just toss it through Electron. Yeah, that's, that's possible. I'm going to look at that. My opinion of Electron apps is load and weight. Very slow. You know, that's and very heavy. But VS well, Code... almost, Jeff. Mm, it's load, maybe. weight, then wait a little longer. Then wait, it's about to start. Nope, nope, wait a little longer. Oh, okay, now you go. But then it, the, the screen comes up, but then it's it's uh, white for another five or six seconds. Right. It decides well, it's getting everything what ready. to load first. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's getting dressed, right? So it's just uh, leaving the white screen on. Now, I, I want to look into that. VS Code is an Electron app. Interesting. I mean, here, so here's the question. How fast can you allocate a gigabyte of memory? Like, how long does that take? Um, Malik is pretty fast if you have... Well, so you've got to grab the pages. So there's going to be some in the background. But um, it can go really, really fast. Well, obviously, I don't think they're directly calling Malik, so... Right. They're not calling... Ma Electron is calling Malik in the background. They're calling Electron... Well, they're probably not calling anything deliberately to form memory. They're just calling an object into existence, and Electron does the heavy lifting. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a Malik. So Malik itself is fast. You then run it through Electron business. And fast becomes slow. I was, I was going to use another word, but it was not exactly work safe, so I decided not to use that one. I think uh, Electron can make anything slow. Maybe it's it's, it's mission and calling. So it's it's know. kind of telling that, that this is where you actually went with the discussion, because <laughs> Alex's next comment is, if Electron didn't exist, I would probably be forced into using a Mac. So while it is bloated and takes... For, <laughs> hold on, no, 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 that's not the good part. So while Ooh. it's bloated and takes forever to start up, I'm glad it exists so I can use Linux at my day job. <laughs> so okay. he preempted you hate, you the it Max takes forever. Much. No, he wow, preempted so. the it takes forever to start up. 
Hmm. Okay. But um, so he doesn't want to use a Mac at work, is what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah, because he likes Linux. He's thankful for Electron because he can use Linux at work instead of a Mac. Right. Meaning, I would imply that to mean he does not care for Macs and cares much more for Linux. Well, right. I mean, he's, he's, I a, he's a friend of mine. I like people that are smart. So obviously he doesn't. Oh, he doesn't okay. like Macs. So all all of our all five of our listeners that use Macs, right? Okay. Actually, I just, don't know how many listeners. I don't know how many listeners we have that do use Macs. So well, I don't know. We could take a poll. How do how do polls work? I don't know how polls. Uh, work. well, I mean, right now just I don't have anything question. for us to do that with. So you can just okay. email in and be like, "Hey, I use a Mac," and I'm offended or something. Yeah, that, that'll be know. fine. Yeah, <laughs> we'll follow that in the conspicuously trash can shaped bin. But we record your vote. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Alex goes on to say, I also find it ironic that Electron apps are programmed in JavaScript, furthering its plot to destroy humanity. Yes. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah. Plot to destroy humanity. I'm on board. Well, I don't want to destroy humanity, but I am certainly on board with JavaScript is an attempt. A bad attempt. Because it's bad at many things. Well, but that's why it's destroying humanity, is because it's bad. Uh, corrupting our youth. You only need to learn JavaScript. It can do back-end and front-end. Just learn JavaScript. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're so sexy. Tail recursion is overrated, you know? Right. Just you can, do you can build a UI things. with 20,000 packages. <laughs> so, at one of my jobs, there was a, they were making some JavaScript front-ends. And the way they were building and packaging it, they were running Node NPM install. It was downloading all the packages and doing all the work, but they had not put the code in that would actually make the minified stuff. So they were just copying the entirety of all the all the built products and all the modules and everything and just, just shipping that. Just the whole thing. Just why even bother actually minifying or do any of that? I think they forgot a step. And so every time we were updating the front end of this thing, it was like six minutes of R-syncing all the tiny files. It was terrible. It was one of the first things that I wanted to replace. But, uh, you know, one thing at a time. There's certainly better ways to do that. And if JavaScript, the normal way of JavaScript, if you don't do anything, ends up with that product, it's, it needs to be destroyed. It's, there's there's got to be probably every website that shows you how to do JavaScript things probably says, oh, don't forget to minify or something. You probably actually trumpet it up front as one of the things you would want to use JavaScript for. Hey, look, you can make really trim code. Right, it, by just deleting all spaces and cramming everything into one line, and it's Time atrocious, bite, dude. It's atrocious to go back and then try to find when you have a problem in there, because yeah, it's just it's one impossible. continuous line the whole way through. It's, it's I hate just it. obfuscation. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so this file is forty kilobytes long and one line. Hmm. Okay, that's technically a valid file. Yeah. How much space are, are you really saving <laughs> by taking out no. the return line? character like 10 percent, 12 percent. i don't know i'm kind of i'm pretty sure spacey when i code so i'm pretty sure that an enter is just one character right so, and yeah. and i'm pretty sure that uh that there are other ways that you could save that amount of memory usage if you tried like code better uh, yeah use a language that doesn't suck that too right yeah yeah there's lots of ways yeah none of which involve javascript i'm sure there's some ways with javascript too but uh you're still using JavaScript. Right. The right solution is to use something else. Anyway, boy, uh, we both share opinions on this. Moist responded that he's not a programmer, but he loves the JavaScript rant. So I think, oh, cool. I, I hope he enjoyed that last little bit of JavaScript ranting. <laughs> um, and I'm sure it will come up again. 
All for you, Millist. Yeah, he says that, uh, he has, I have not enjoyed trying to install a Hugo template elements with NPM. Yeah, just, just don't. Just don't use JavaScript. Friends don't let friends use JavaScript. That's it. There you go. <laughs> I should put that on a t-shirt. That'd sell like hotcakes. Yeah, he, he asked that, uh, you asked if we would enjoy distro reviews. Honestly, there is a lot of distro reviews in the Linux podcasting space. I'm enjoying the other opinion discussions on Linux topics that you don't hear covered on other shows like you have been doing. That said, I could imagine some great back and forth between the two of you on an obscure distro, but mm -hmm. no more than twice per quarter would be my personal preference. And I responded that I don't think we would do the typical reviews that most people do and like the reviews that I scheduled and everything when I was the producer of the Linux Action Show. I think this would more off, more likely than not be we, we take some distros, we review them, and we give a perspective on people that are trying new and fancy mm -hmm. from obviously us who have been around the block for a while. Right. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't I like think that. we would do a full episode per distro. We would probably no. do three or four that we'd review and then talk about mm -hmm. in, in an episode. So he goes on to say that he would nominate GRML for the first one. Uh, and I Rumble. actually, yeah. And I said, I would put that on the list. Uh, I think that's okay. a minimal Debian. Oh, Okay. So I think if we were to do that, we would want to do it. I don't want to do it like everybody else. So I'd be like, a, you know, the Arduino versus Evil. He does the Bolter reviews where he just takes the thing apart. He's not like sawing things apart. He just looks at the inside. That's mm -hmm. kind of what I would do. I would like crawl inside and be like, well, their their startup scripts are really crappy. You know, look at that. It's very inefficient. Well, we don't want to just be negative. I mean, you know, if no, something's no, doing but, something good. You know, if it looks good, then I'll say it's good. Like, yeah. you know, if he if he goes, oh, look at this grease. This is really good grease. This is good quality stuff or whatever. You know, he'll talk about it, but he's just, this is what he sees. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what I would do as a review. Yeah. I don't know if that's what people want, but that's how I would review things. I don't know. I mean, so let we, us know, guys. We can, we can do it, do an episode, uh, and then see what, what people think. And if people right. hate it and they go, that was horrible, don't ever do it again. Then we will no, make sure no. we do five more. Because <laughs> that's how you pay the bills, right? That's right. That's right. You do what makes people angry. Yeah, Moist goes on to say, just so you know, you guys have been doing a great job. Um, the latest audio in this last show is great. Uh, keeping it less than an hour is great. Yeah, we try. We, we really try. do aim for like 45 minutes. The problem is, is as you've well doubt noticed, we uh, we tend to ramble and go off on tangents. On so occasion. Sometimes, you know, it'll be an hour episode, but we're really only talking about the subject for half an hour. The other half an hour is just <laughs> rambling about side topics. But that Hopefully mimics... the side topics are also interesting. Yeah, that mimics the way conversations with Jeff and I go in real life. And when we're at conferences <laughs> and we have con talk with conversations with people in the hallway track, I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. what happens, which is why that's what we're doing. And we're not mm -hmm. trying to cut it out. We're leaving it all in there raw and gritty. Yeah. So hopefully you Someone enjoy the ride. Someone had made an analogy to, like, we were all in a pub together and these people, they were listening to us talk. I like that analogy a lot. I just, I would like to have more beer when we're talking, but uh, Actually, I can't really uh, toast you. So, so you know who said that, Jeff? Who was it? Moist said that, as a matter of fact. Oh! That was the very next line. He said, oh. uh, the energy between you two is awesome. It kind of feels like we are all just kicking back in a pub listening to you two have a discussion. Yeah, so I did, I did read that part. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, that's a... Uh, I don't think it's what we're specifically going for, but I like that. No, I think it is I, because it's that okay. kind of like laid back hallway track after conference. We're sitting in the, the dining room, eating dinner, having a conversation. It's that kind okay. of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever the vibe is, I dig it. Yeah. And uh, I hope our listeners do too. Uh, yeah. We got some more feedback from Altnik um, oh. responding to your VMware rant, which I still would caveat was not a true rant. It was a, a little rant. A it, little was a, it was a grumble. <laughs> it was not a oh, rant. Oh, fine. 
Fine. So he goes. But you did leave out part one. Yeah. So so hopefully you'll actually you know have some cojones in part two. <laughs> oh okay. So he goes on to say one theory why companies might avoid open sourcing for no apparent reasons is there may be a bunch of GPL in there which would take too long to rewrite. Too uh, that it would take too long to rewrite. Maybe we need a forgiveness if you come clean clause. Hmm. Perhaps not a bad idea. The only yeah. downside with that is people are going to take that and then game it and be like, oh, oh yeah, I'm going to use this GPL code because then in two years I'm going to release it and then go, oops, sorry. Oops. It was an oversight. Sorry, guys. I don't know how you'd manage that. I don't know how you'd track that. But maybe yeah, it's something. Oh, we can use blockchain for that. That's what we'll do. We'll use blockchain. Exactly. Perfect. A blockchain startup to track who's who's violating GPL. That's perfect. Let's book it. Dude, Let's do the, we should we be able to get like a billion dollars by the end of the week uh, in VC money. At, at least twenty million in VC. Surely, you know, we just need a, a name. Really, we don't we don't even need to file a company. We just need a name. That's the right. Just, yeah, know the right people. That's all it takes. Anyway, so we're doing that. We'll we'll be back later. We'll have a, a, a wonderful company, and uh, we'll be able to talk all day long because we won't need to work. Right, and at that point, doing all the work for we us. We will have all the money, so uh, I will all have an, I will have a new house to live in. And we will have video because we will have nice cameras that we will have bought. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. That'll be great. Yeah. A new house? Really? You'll have a new house? I thought you were intending to restore the old one. Right, but I have to build another one to live in while I'm restoring oh, oh, this right. one. Oh, uh, right. Okay, so you would have a new house while you restore the old house. Right. Would you rent it out? No. The old house? No. Oh, you just have two houses. Right, why not? I guess if you're rich, you could, that's what you do. That, that's what rich people do. Right. Well, I could turn the, the other work? one into, like, I don't know, a studio or, or whatever else. Put a pool in there? I guess you probably don't do pools where you are much. No, do no, they? people do. People do. Okay. I know, I I know a couple people like in town that have them. Four or five months out of the year is you completely know, unusable. People are going to be real confused why we keep talking about my house, because they don't understand it. So we one day are probably going to have to do an episode on, on the house. I think we will. And we'll have to show some pictures, too. Yeah. To show the gore. <laughs> oh, boy. It's an interesting story. Let's just, let's just stay there. We'll save it for another episode. It's quite a good story. Well... It's an entertaining story. I don't want to say it's a good story. It is wildly entertaining. It is, it is entertaining. <laughs> so, uh, GHJLX responds on distros, and he goes, Opinions on newest distros sounds like a good idea to me. Um, if you two are open to requests, I would like to hear your thoughts on Solus. Um, and I said, it's already on my... S-O-U-L-L-E-S-S? S-O-U-L-U-S. Oh. Um, and I said, it's already on my okay. list, um, and we're not just doing new, but we're also doing uh, obscure. Mm -hmm. um, or something that's been around for a while, but just isn't relatively known might be, might be another interesting one to do. Like Slackware. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could, we could definitely do one. I've on, got a 14 two disc right over there that I found when I was cleaning out stuff. We could do it. Well, I mean, if we're going to do Slackware, we need to do something like OG, oh. like okay, 3.2. Like, right. Go back to the, where it doesn't work again. Well, oh, no, it I worked. I think I okay. You're right. Eight worked. Eight worked. I Three point two works eight. too. You just took more effort. Okay, all right, that's fair. Uh, I went and my my dad and my mom they were painting their house and so mm -hmm. they were trying to get rid of stuff. And one of the things they found was an older computer. I don't know how old yet. It's in the garage. I need to tear it apart and see what vintage it is. It might be the right vintage because it's an actual desktop. It has not one but two CD ROMs and it has a floppy drive. Ooh, so it could be a good platform for Ooh. us to try some of these old ones on. I don't know how old. It needs to be the right old, but that's a good start. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if it works. It's been underneath the table for like 12 years. No, that's fine. That's, it's a, I'm it's sure a starting it point. Yeah, it's a starting point. It's mu it's better than we have. So that'd be perfect for us to do very, very old distros on. Mm -hmm. no. I need to get it out. I'm sure it's just full of dust and, and cat turd or something. I don't know. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, clean that. Rat clean that turd, out. something. I'm sure. 
there's just junk in there that I got to clear out, you know, from 12 or 15 years of sitting around. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see if it works and uh, be looking for in a future episode, maybe old reviews again yeah. or some reasonable, reasonably similar facsimile to what we did itself last year. Yeah. Um, so uh -huh. we actually got an email where somebody wrote in. Um, they wish it to remain anonymous, so I will respect that. Okay. Um, and they mentioned that in an earlier episode, you guys talked about needing old hardware. What exactly are you looking for? Hmm. So for myself, I'm going to answer yes. Uh, <laughs> All the old hardware. Every so, bit of it. <laughs> yeah. I, if you haven't figured out already from me showing pictures of my Linux collection and software collection, I like old retro stuff. Uh -huh. And I have been looking for some old hardware. Um, so my goal, and let's put that in, in quotes here. Um, my goal is to have a system from every generation, so to speak, so that I can run the entire gauntlet of all of the software that I have. So that's not asking for much. Well, I, hold on, hold on. I mean, <laughs> go big or go home. So I'm just I'm putting it out there so. now. This being okay. said, I do have some things. Like I do have a Pentium One machine. I know I have a couple dual socket Pentium Twos. Think I have a dual socket Pentium Three. I was t when it was given to me back in like 2014. I was told that it ran. I have never powered it up. I don't is have all the slot ones with sideways jobbers. Uh, well, the the one in the or the two is the three is not. Okay. So you said two sockets, but you meant slots, two slots. Well, the, the Pentium two is two slots, okay. and then the Pentium three is two sockets. Okay, I believe. Yeah, they went back um, to sockets. Yeah, I think. And then uh, I don't have a Pentium four yet. Yet I used to have one. I don't know where it went. I don't know. What? You lose hardware. Apparently, look outside for flying pigs. That doesn't happen, <laughs> right? So that's that's on that front. That's the x86. Front. I mean, I have a ton of laptops, and once you get to that x64 stage, where you're talking about 64 bit, a laptop works fine. So then I don't really need mm -hmm. anything newer than that. Right. It's kind of the x86 and older stuff. Um, that being said, I have recently, thanks to a friend of a friend out in Colorado, gotten my hands on two old digital alpha stations. Mm, that's cool. So they have deck that's alpha really cool. CPUs in them, which is nice. Wow. Um, so I can fire up the old Red Hats on those. Wow. And I also got a uh, a Mac clone, an old Mac clone. Mm. A power like center... a pizza box? Oh, it's a clone. It's, yeah, it's not a clone. real Mac. Right. Okay. okay. It's a power center 150. Um, it has a... I think it's a Motorola 604 in it. So it's like around the era of like the... Uh, Power Mac, 9600, um, 8500, 8600, that generation, um, late 90s. Oh, never mind. Uh, so I have that. I and thought I, the, the Motorola chip you just referenced, I thought that was in the Nintendo. I'm mostly thinking of another one. Because that's like uh, 82. Could be. I don't think it would be I don't think it late was 90s hardware doing... It might have been an older one, like a 601. Ah, uh, okay. Maybe. But anyway, uh, and I have a two Spark machines. I have a Sun Station 5. Uh, and then I have a, a 280R server. Well, that solves your heating problem right there. Well, Just no, turn because them I, don't, I don't have the power to be able to run them. Uh, <laughs> so I've got, I've got varied hardware. I just don't have a lot of the old x86 stuff. Now, somewhere around here, I know I have an old 286 system. And actually, it's a 286 system with the 287 Mathco. Mm, um, so that's nice. What, what, uh, what speed? 12? 16? Uh, I think it's 10. 10. Okay. That's earlier than one then. But yeah, Did I, it have I, don't, turbo? I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, no, I don't think so. Mm. Turbo, turbo was like was awesome. 486 era, I think. No, I had a 286 with the turbo button. Really? 
Yes, it did. Wow. It was okay. a four megahertz, then you could turbo it to eight. Well, no, because turbo actually slowed it down. Well, then what am I thinking of? Because it had, it, I remember it had a button. Well, it could have a turbo, turbo button, but the okay. turbo button actually downclocked the CPU because old games and stuff, the uh, the stuff was actually uh, clocked to the speed Ooh. of the CPU. So okay, they would run right, way yeah. too fast. Oh, you're right, actually. So I, I guess I misremembered what the turbo button was for. But well, that was funny when me people knew. would click it all the time because they think it would make things go faster, and actually it did, it did the inverse. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry, people. Well, That's why there was those laptop, uh, the, the desktops that had the LCD panel that would actually read out how fast it was going, which mm -hmm. were really cool, by the way, because then when you hit the those turbo button, cool. you would see the numbers change. Mm -hmm. that, um, was, that was cool. That I was never had one of those. I, I always wanted one, but I never had one. Wah, wah. Yeah. But so I so also So he's looking for one of those. So I am looking for one of those. I have a potential that I don't know what all is included. So this is a roundabout definite weird saga, but a <laughs> uh, a friend of mine I do work with, um he lives in Moscow and I was talking to him about a whole bunch of different stuff and he was like, "Well, I think I might know somebody." So he put me in touch with a guy he knew in Russia saying he knows somebody yeah that seems exactly. very unusual that's, that's not ominous at all um <laughs> he put me in touch with uh a guy that he knew in the ukraine and then that guy put me in touch with a guy in bulgaria oh so we're just marching our way into the <laughs> right <laughs> we're just going through the eastern <laughs> block um, there you go so apparently there is a box on the way with a whole bunch of goodies Ooh. from what i was told uh 386 and up However, it's just like the motherboards and the CPUs, so it's not the entire system around mm. it. So I would still well, have to get start. all the people. R right. Well, if this is real, and this, right. if this is real, I don't, I don't know. It's um, not a. Hopefully, it's not a p -p 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 power book like that old gag was. <laughs> right. That was amazing. <laughs> I loved that. And for those who don't know what you're talking about, we'll put a link to that if we can find it in the show notes. Yeah. Um. So th there's a potential that I will have some stuff to work with. Um. But ideally, uh, 386, four, I guess really 486 would be the best, because if it runs on a 386, it'll run on a 486. Mm -hmm. a, a good 486 is probably the most important. I would like to dig out my old 286, because I would like to try some of the very early Unixes that I have copies of. Mm. Um, I know Linux won't run on it, but uh, like Xenix will run, Microport will run, and there's a couple others. Uh, SCO Unix might even run on that. So that would be an interesting thing to get up. Uh, the downside, though, is that once you go back that far, everything is going to have to be on uh, five and a quarter floppies. Oh, that's and, a problem. Yeah, getting five and a quarter floppy drives are stupid right now because everybody thinks they're worth <laughs> more than they're worth, way more than they're worth. Um, I have Why? one. I don't know. I have one. I think it still works. I don't know. I haven't tested it in ages because you can only use it on an old system like that because you can't mm -hmm. find a floppy drive controller right that yeah. will work on pci and there is not not pcie pci and there is not a seamless translation system to go from isa to pci uh, i have pci yeah. to pcie or actually it's the other way so it's a pcie card you put in a modern computer that then you slot in a pci card into that and it'll work but they yeah. don't have that for isa because of weird stuff and how it electrically it works and translations Plus timings and, and such it just doesn't work yeah and yeah. there's other things with like the irq there's no way to signal that stuff um yeah. from my understanding so yeah, i, I don't know heard that term in 
uh, two decades. Right. I don't need to think about it that long. <laughs> right. Um, wow, so we're going back. That's going to be the challenge because I would need a system with all the files that I could write to disks as I need. So basically, I would only need like two or three good floppies. So like copy the, you know, write the image to the floppy, stick it in the old machine to actually do the install, and then just continue to cycle that floppy around when I need to insert the next floppy, take it out, put it back in the other machine, write the data to it, instead of trying to write 14 floppy disks and hoping they're all good. Mm-hmm. And then running into the fact of, oh crap, one of the disks is bad, uh, I'm going to have to shut down this machine and then reboot <laughs> to then try to rewrite the floppy. Like, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um... So that's that's kind of a mess. There are some things. There's a a device out called a cryo something or other um, that is made for archiving purposes that you can take an old floppy disk controller or floppy disk and it has an embedded controller that then goes to USB. The problem with that is a it's stupidly expensive. It's like one hundred and sixty nine dollars. B, it will only read. It will not write. And I would obviously need something that would write. That seems like a pretty big failing there. Yeah. Uh, however, okay. I mean, I, I do have, believe it or not, and, and I went through my stuff the other day, I have an old ISA network card. What? Yeah. Ten, really? Good old 10 base T, man. Wow. So hypothetically, wow. if I could get an old system up and running, I could slot that in there, connect <laughs> it to my network, and maybe do <laughs> NFS over it. I mean, NFS oh, did exist wow. back then. It did, I, that's right. Yeah. I don't know if modern NFS will still work with V1. Like, I don't know. Because obviously Could if be. I have like an old, you know, Slackware 2 install, uh, that's going to be probably NFS V1. Well, so, you know, you could play with all the other services like the charge-in and finger. You just come play around with those. Yeah. That would work. But yeah, no, the reason, the, the reason I would like have. to get the networking up is because then I could actually connect that to my network here at the house. Ah. For like saving data, because then it would be easier. I could just have all the stuff on my network share, the images. All right, yeah, that and then just, yeah, burn it directly to mm. floppy that way. But oh, I don't know. That's so cool. there, yeah, there's there's stuff to figure out. If you mm. know a lot about this, uh, let me know. Um, I know there's a bunch of forums online that have are a wealth of knowledge from that era. Um, I've been digging through them, but uh, mm. it's the kind of problem of I don't remember everything I need to know yet. So I'm in that right. problem of not knowing what I need to know. And we're also you know casting back to memories from. I don't know, 20 years ago when trying to remember how things were together and it's changed so much now. It's just the things that we knew then, most of them don't apply anymore. And so I just kind of haven't let them go. Right. Although I've started to recapture them again since we started this podcast because, you know, our early episodes were talking about a lot of that stuff from back then. Mm -hmm. And I was like casting back into my memory and some of it started coming back. And I was like, well, that was really cool. Like there was a tank game I used to play back in like 88 or 89. Mm -hmm. And I think it needed the turbo button now that I think about it. And I loved it to death. It was just a simple, like what Worms is, well, was, I don't know if Worms is still a thing. Worms is like a modern incarnation and modern is in air quotes because mm-hmm. uh, I last played Worms in like 03. It was a modern incarnation of this tank game, which is little things like that start filtering back. Of course, the games filter back. Of course. But I can remember playing Wolfenstein 3D on a horribly underpowered system and getting like two frames a second. It's just kind of enough, just barely enough. You can, oh, the way they did it also, because of the frame rate, uh, the way you can turn or how much you can turn is locked to your frame rate. Mm-hmm. So if you have too poor of a frame rate, then you can't aim effectively because you either like you're looking straight forward or you turn and you're 75 degrees the wrong right. way. So yeah. if, there's a, if there's a Nazi in between that field, you're not going to hit him. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, back then, the way things were done. Yeah, and I, it's been interesting trying to find some information because I, I, I discovered something, and that is there are quite a lot of people out there who are doing retro content mm-hmm. in the DOS Windows space or in the Commodore space. I, I have not found a single person who's doing like old school Linux stuff from that era. Well, that sounds and I'm like, like an unfilled niche. I think I should start doing that. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to, to get a uh, system up and running so that I can start tinkering around and, you know, maybe making myself so look tacitly, like an idiot while I relearn it. But that's fine. I don't mind being no, an idiot that's online. Fun. That's fun. Uh, but you tacitly, you're not only doing old Linuxes, you're also doing old hardware. They're right. Intrinsically tied. So you're being uh, maybe a, a digital archaeologist. Effectively, sure. That's a fancy title. Yeah, I can go with that. Just yeah, digital archaeology. I like that. Yeah. And when I think of that term, I think more data, but I think it applies to this too, because you are unearthing old hardware and trying to stick it together and see how it works. How did it go together? Because you don't fully remember, and you're not sure that you have it right anyway. So Mm -hmm. yeah, digital archaeology. I like it. Yeah. So I'm sure it's already being used for something else, though. Probably, but that's fine. I can co-opt it. That's that's we're we're using it. This is the modern era. You can co-opt anything, right? That's That's how it works. That's right. So, yeah, uh, if you've got ideas, if you've got information that you think I could use, hit me up. Uh, If you've got old hardware that you are willing to part with, uh, maybe I can compensate you some beer money or other money for another vice that you may have. We don't need (laughs) to get specific. We don't don't need to get specific. Let me know. Uh, You can hit me up on Telegram or Matrix. Those links are in the show notes. You can email me from the website or at jt at mindripmedia.com and uh yeah let me know and obviously on jeff's spygate instance uh situation that he has going on let uh let us know what you think about that yeah i'd love to hear the thoughts you know what should i do with this thing if i if it does work at first i don't have the receiver but if i can get it working what should i do with it that should be interesting a really good discussion do you know know any do you know anyone who's been acting sneaky that you need to put some surveillance on I, where do I start? I've got an entire list of people. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Oh my. We'll talk about that another time, though. Yeah, I think that's a whole other episode in and of itself. I think so. It is. So this one's, uh, we need to tie this one off. But yep. uh, th- I, I didn't know where we were going to go. I just thought that the ByCam thing was pretty interesting and that listeners would enjoy hearing it. But I think uh, we've covered quite a lot of ground this episode and uh, lots of things to comment on. Uh, we want to hear about anything and everything you'd like to share. We love the feedback thing here. So, Links in the show notes and contact us with, well, even just random thoughts, I guess. But just let us know how what you think of our episodes. All right, I guess I guess that's how we're going to end this one. So thanks for listening, guys. And as always, be excellent to each other. My mind went blank right there. (laughs) I was like, I need a closing line. Need a closing line. Oh, it's too late. JT's gone.